Welcome back to Rough in the Basket. I am your host, Brandon Carr. Not joined by anybody this week. By myself this week. Noah, he's still in Columbia. Should be getting back for the next episode. I know you guys have been missing Noah, but I miss him too. I'm, I'm excited to have him back next week. But I'm here alone this week. Nobody on this week. I decided that I would take this episode to dedicate it to the NFL Combine. The NFL Combine, as I'm recording this, it is Friday morning. And the first day of the Combine already passed. The receivers went, the tight ends went, the quarterbacks went. And uh, this episode, I just wanted to dedicate it to the Combine and really talk about what ended up happening yesterday and talk about some really good performances and some really bad ones and kind of where I stand on it. But we could start off with the tight ends. So the tight ends... Started at 4 p.m. Eastern time. The tight ends were the first guys that stepped onto the field, the the first ones that ran the 40. And, you know, with this tight end class, it's not as top-heavy. Like, there's no Kyle Pitts in this draft class. There's no Vernon Davis or uh, TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant. Like, these first-round pick tight ends. But it's a tight end class that I think can provide a lot of value. It's deep. And, you know, a lot of these guys are pretty interchangeable, in my opinion. But, you know, to take a look at who ran the 40, a lot of the big name tight ends in this class didn't run it. Like Charlie Collard didn't run it. Um, Jalen Widemeyer didn't run it. Uh, Trey McBride, who actually had a really good on the field workout, did not run the 40. So you're kind of seeing like some of these 40 times and these players not really opting in to run the 40. But to take a look at some of the 40 times, Chig Okonkwu from Maryland, he had the highest time at a 4.52. I think I have him as my tight end 10. I know he's inside my top 10. And, you know, I when I was looking at him, reading up on him, I, you know, immediately noticed the athleticism. And for a tight end, I tend to value athleticism at the position. And, you know, with Chig, he ran a five, uh, 4.52, and that was the fastest time. For a tight end, that's fast. Like, if you're a tight end, ideally you want to be around the 4'6", 4'7", range for a 40. Chig ran a 4'5", too. Very fast. So what I what you know Dan, Daniel Jeremiah was talking about yesterday on the broadcast with Rich Eisen was, you know, scouts really like this kid. He's got a good personality works hard and you know the athleticism shows when you run a 452 for a tight end that's fast. Kyle Pitts last year ran like a 444 I think. It was in the 44 range. I know that which was absolute freaky time, but not a bad one. Jelani Woods, I thought he really earned himself some money yesterday because didn't know too much about him and you know this was kind of my first time watching him. He had an unbelievable workout. His arm length was in the 90th percentile. He was six foot seven. I think he was around 250 pounds, 260, 240 in that range. And he ran a four six one forty time. He kind of looked like a giraffe out there, like Juan Strider, big bodied tight end from Virginia. This guy is, you know, he's he's a little bit on the older side of things, but when you have a tight end who is as big as him, he had the, the most bench press reps yesterday. And, you know, like I was saying, when you have a tight end who is as big as him and he's able to run that fast, that's usually a good thing. 
And Jelani Woods, I think, really helped himself with this combine. He had a really, really good day. And, you know, that that's just unbelievable size and speed for a tight end. So I would assume that his size speed score is going to be pretty high. That is great for him, though. That really helps. Some other tight ends, like Greg Dolchik, who is a guy who I have as my tight end six. I actually know some people who have them as their tight end one. Like, this class is so, for the tight ends, it's deep enough but I think a lot of these guys are interchangeable and you know Dolchik had a really good day he ran a 4-7 he had a, I think he had like a 4-6-1 with his first one and then his last one was like 4-7-2 or something like that but the official time is 4-7 for Greg Dolchik and you know it's a good time for him he was a player that Chip Kelly really liked at UCLA. I think he was a former wide receiver, converted to a tight end. A lot of these guys are. And, you know, when you have receiver skills at the tight end position, that does provide some value. Maybe you're not the best blocker in the world, but, you know, when you can provide some receiving value, it's always a good thing. And Greg Dolchik was a guy that was used down the field a lot for UCLA. So I do have my eye on him. And, you know, he had a pretty good combine, so I do not hate that. I know for the other tight ends, like Trey McBride had a really good on the field workout with the quarterbacks. He looked very good. He was really catching everything. I mean, this guy did not have many drops in college. So this guy uh, had a really, really good day. And that's going to obviously help his draft stock. He was a guy that dominated last year for Colorado State. I mean, this guy basically was their entire offense. Like he had probably like 80 or 90 percent of the receiving yards it was something crazy he had, he had a thousand receiving yards and like maybe the second guy had like 300 like he was he was their offense and he had a really good day yesterday he was making a lot of great catches on the field and definitely helps anyone who had a bad day I mean I wish I could have seen Charlie Kolar run the 40 because I think he's my tight end one in the class just because he's always been a good producer for Iowa State guy that's used down the field, short intermediate, um, pretty, he's got some reliable hands, pretty good route runner, you know, his yards per route run versus man coverage, which is a great stat to look at when it comes to receivers and tight ends is up, up at the top for the tight ends in this class. So he was very good yesterday and, you know, on the field, but I wish he could have ran the 40. I really do. I wish I could have seen him run like a four, six, something and really solidify himself. But at the end of the day, this tight end class, you know, they were good. These guys were, I think, very good yesterday on the field, running the 40, you know, doing the three-cone drills and the bench press. But, yeah, no, Greg Dolchik and Chig, Jelani Woods, these guys all had very good days. But I don't want to keep going into the tight ends because I want to talk about the receivers. <laughs> the receivers in this – so I was sitting there watching it in my room, and – I was like, okay, well, the first group of receivers, like Calvin Austin was really fast. Like Bo Melton, I think, was in that first group. Calvin Austin, not surprisingly, ran a 4-3-2. Bo Melton, a 4-3-4. Calvin Austin had an unbelievable day. His vertical jump was a 39-inch vertical jump. He had an 11-03 broad jump, but this guy was just all everywhere. I mean, you know, when you watch him at Memphis, he was an explosive player. Like he was returning kicks, returning punts, use him on jet sweeps. He was a good receiver. He had a thousand yards receiving this year, explosive player. And we kind of knew that already. So 
when he ran a four three two, I was like, well, I'm not surprised about that. And you know, the explosiveness you can see it from his vertical jump and his broad jump. This guy is a a very explosive player, and I think you could say that about a lot of people in this class. This class is fast. If you look at the second group, <laughs> for about an hour, Tyquan Thornton, he had the NFL Combine 40-yard dash record. He ran a 4-2-1 before his official time came out, which was a 4-2-8, which, by the way, is still very fast. <laughs> like, I don't think people understand, like, uh, anything below, like, a 4-4 is very fast. Even something below a 4-5, between that 4-4, 4-5 range is fast. And Tyquan Thornton, for an hour, had the four two, had a 4-2-1-40. And, you know, it's still fast. Like, this this was a guy at Baylor who, behind some players, like Denzel Mims was there. Uh, Jalen Hurd was there at one point. But this guy was a standout track athlete in high school. He had a PR of 10.5 in the 100 meter and a 21.07 in the 200 meter. So this guy was fast. I mean, this guy was a track athlete in high school. Baylor has another kid, the corner. I forget his name. Barnes is the last name, but he's a guy that I've been seeing people talk about on Twitter that have run a faster time than take Tyquan Thornton. So Baylor's got some speedy guys. Dallas Jones Jr. was a guy who had a 4-3-1 from Tennessee, kind of on the older side. He's been in college for six years now, but explosiveness, he's six foot, 200 pounds. If running a 4-3-1 is, is very impressive for a guy that weight. So it'll be interesting to see what his role is in the NFL, but very fast time. Danny Gray had a 4-3-3. Daniel Jeremiah talked about it a lot on the broadcast where I think, you know, they thought that he was going to run a fast time. He did. But a couple of people I wanted to really keen in on. Christian Watson from North Dakota State had an incredible day. This guy burned himself some serious consideration for maybe a late first round pick. I don't know if I would put him there, but he, he earned some money yesterday. He really earned some money. He had a four, three, six official 40 time. He had a 38 and a half inch vertical jump and he had the best broad jump in this class with an 1104. This guy was incredible yesterday and shout out to math bomb on Twitter. He's the guy that does, the relative athletic score. Christian Watson had the second best relative athletic score ever for a wide receiver, right under Calvin Johnson, by the way. So kind of just shows how great of a day he had. He was fantastic. He's a bigger bodied receiver. He's 6'4". I believe he weighed a little over 200 pounds or 6'3", over 200 pounds. But this guy had an unbelievable day and I'm not going to be shocked if he ends up going in the late first round, early second round because of the combine. This guy was rising up people's draft boards already because he had a very good senior bowl. This guy is really earning himself some money. So what an absolute fantastic day. And, you know, the NFL has seen guys like Chase Claypool was a guy that, you know, I wasn't really high on coming into the drafts, but he was an athletic freak from Notre Dame and, you know, now he's turned into a pretty good player with Pittsburgh. So could Christian Watson fo- follow in that same path? Maybe 4-3-6 for a guy his size is unbelievably fast. Two Ohio State boys both ran other under sub-4-4s. Four Garrett Wilson had a 4-3-8. And 
Chris Olave, again, for an hour, had a 4-2-6, which, by the way, when I was watching that and I saw that he got a 4-2-6, I jumped out of my, my seat. I was like, there's no way. Like, I knew Chris Olave was fast. I didn't think he was 4-2-6 fast. And I was like, there's no way that he ran that. I was, like, texting my friend about it. I'm like, these receiver 40 times are juiced. Like, there's there, this is insane. I'm like, someone has to be doing it wrong. And I saw a tweet from Josh Norris. Shout out to Josh Norris from Underdog Fantasy. Charlie Casserly was the guy for a long time who did the hand times. He actually ended up retiring from that role or he stepped away from that role. And they had a new guy doing it for the first time this year. So that couldn't make sense when you're doing it for the first time. And then you have a guy who's usually the one doing the hand times step away and you have a first year guy doing it. It could explain why there was such a disparity between Chris Olave's unofficial time and then his official time. Because a 4-2-6 to a 4-3-9 is, is a huge difference. It's still fast. I know I've seen some people discredit Chris Olave now because of this time, but I'm like, you're in a 4-3-9. That is fast. I can count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people that and eight people, including him, that all ran a sub 4-4 very fast receiver class like it's still a fast time a 439 is fast so I, I don't know what the the deal was with people <laughs> putting Chris Olave down Alec Pierce from Cincinnati also had a very good day a 441 for him he had the highest vertical jump in the class he had a, a 40.5 inch vertical earned himself some money but obviously some other guys Sky Moore I love Sky Moore very close to putting him inside my top 10 he is He's, he is such an underrated receiver from Western Michigan. This guy, watching him play, his release packages are really good. I know he's a little bit on the shorter side of things, but this guy can play. I really like Sky Moore, and he had a very good combine. And I'm hoping that an NFL team can get the most out of him. I'm real, I really, really like Sky Moore, and he was very good in the in the uh, on the field workouts as well. But Khalil Shakur, my number ten receiver in the class, a four four three. Kevin Austin Jr. from Notre Dame. He had a pretty good year for Notre Dame last year. Ran a 4-4-3. Brian Kelly, I don't know what's up with him. He could not develop wide receivers for the life of him. There was a lot of receivers from Notre Dame who just did not have the most productive careers there, but then ended up just being better in the NFL. Look at Chase Claypool. Like <laughs> Kevin Austin had a very, very good combine with that 4-4-3. George Pickens, a 4-4-7. That really helped him out. He's someone that I really like in this class, and I think he could be a superstar. It's a deep receiver class. Like he's like George Pickens is my wide receiver eight, I think, right now. May may make a change there, but that is a really good time. But I wanted to really get into these two players for the receiver position. Traylon Burks and David Bell. People were overreacting on both of these guys. Like I know I just gushed about the 40 times for these players. and We knew how fast they were going to be, but people are discrediting Traylon Burks and David Bell. I want to get into Traylon Burks first. So with Traylon Burks, listen, his combine, relatively speaking, slightly disappointing, right? Because I think we expected so much from him. Like Traylon Burks himself was like, I want to run in the four fours or sub four four. When you see him play at the collegiate level for Arkansas, this guy is a big play threat. He looks faster and bigger than all those guys on the field at some point. 
So we all expected him to run a fast time, but a four, four, five, I mean, a four, five, five isn't necessarily slow. I know people are going to start comparing him to Nikhil Harry because Nikhil Harry ran a four, five, three, but Traylon Burks is, is, is better than him. And you could see it on the football field. Just watch the game. I put out a tweet and shout out to recruiting analytics because these guys are great. They kind of keep track of like the GPS for, and the miles per hour of these players when they're on the football field. Traylon Burks on a touchdown he had against Georgia Southern last year. It was a 91 yard touchdown and Traylon Burks. He reached a max speed of 22.6 miles per hour. That's fast. I don't know if you understand how quick that is, but it's an Traylon Burks ran a four, four, five, five, but reaching a max speed of over 22 miles per hour on a touchdown that shows to me that he's got some game speed. And I think game speed is more important than combine speed, like combine speed. The NFL is going to really look at that and it's going to help your draft stock. But I also don't think that you completely discredit it. And people were really coming after Traylon Burks yesterday because of that 40 time. But when you're a guy who's 6'2", 225 pounds, like a 4.55 is fast. Like that's quick. Like A.J. Brown, a guy that he gets compared to a lot, I think ran like a 4.48 or 4.47. It was in the high 4.4s. So like, I just don't, I just don't get it, but that was a really fast time. And then, like I just said, with the game speed, he was fast on the field. Running over 22 miles per hour on a touchdown. It's on my Twitter. Follow me at bcar underscore 13, cheap plug. You're fast on the football field there. Like 22 miles per hour is no joke. And it's crazy that people were really discredited him. And I you know, just wanted to come out here and say that he shouldn't be. Now, the second guy, David Bell, he did not have a good day. Like, he had a bad day. His relative athletic score, according to at Math Bomb, was in, like, the twos out of tens. That It's not good. He did not have a good workout day whatsoever. His three-cone drill was horrible. His 40-time was a 4.65, horrible. Like, this guy, all of his athletic measurement tests was were, were bad. And people were really coming after him. And I'm just like, dude, look on the football field and watch this guy play. Like this guy, he got the Big Ten Receiver of the Year award this year. I think he was the Big Ten Freshman of the Year when he was a uh, a freshman back in 2019 when he had 1,000 yards for Purdue in his freshman season, by the way. Like this guy has been maybe one of, if not the best receivers in the Big Ten over the past few years. Like this guy can produce on the football field. He's a smooth route runner. He's got great ball skills. He's my receiver. I think he, I want to say he's my receiver six. He's a player that I just really have liked watching at Purdue. And I think this combine day, look, there's been some bad ones. Jarvis Landry had a terrible combine. And look where, look what he's done in the NFL. He's made it happen. Keenan Allen ran a 4.72 in the 40. Look what Keenan Allen's done. Cooper Cup, the best receiver in, in the NFL last season, had a 4-6-2-40. And look what he did. Like, it, it, the combine, it helps you, and it, it definitely helps players improve their draft stock. But I just don't think it should be the end-all, be-all. And I'm not quitting on David Bell over a combine, you know, over his combine performance. It's all good. Maybe there was an injury we didn't know about. Like, there's, there's things that could have played into that. 
but I'm not worried about him. I mean, I projected him as a good wide receiver too in the NFL. I still think he can do that. Great ball skills. I think his yards after the catch, I know it's like not his best thing, but I think he's pretty underrated at it. I've seen him break tackles and make some plays running after the catch before. Like this guy is a very good player. And I know his 40 time was bad. His vertical jump wasn't good. His three cone drill wasn't good but I'm very high on him still. And I just don't think that his performance should be completely discredited, but I think that's about it with the receivers. I mean, it was just a very fast receiver class. Like there were so many guys who were blazing. It's a very deep receiving class. And a lot of guys really helped Calvin Austin, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, guys I've already talked about. Fantastic. So I, I really, you know, give them a lot of credit. Alec uh, Pierce from Cincinnati had a great day, like I said. So lastly, the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks, you know, not a lot of them ran the 40. Desmond Ritter had a 4.52. EJ Perry from Brown, 4.65. Kenny Pickett, 4.73. And Bailey Zap 4.88. But actually, let's talk about Kenny Pickett because he had an interesting measurable yesterday that has started a lot of controversy. He measured in with eight and a half inch hands. Now, those are small hands. The smallest hands, I think, for an NFL starting quarterback before that was Michael Vick. He can't be completely disqualified from being a good quarterback. Like, it definitely doesn't help. But look, Ryan Tannehill has nine inch hands. Joe Burrow has nine inch hands. Jared Goff has nine inch hands. Drew Locke has nine inch hands. Derek Carr has just over nine inch hands. So, Guys can have smaller hands and be successful. I don't have Kenny Pickett that low in my quarterback rankings because of that. Kenny Pickett, I think, is my quarterback five. I just didn't like his fifth-year breakout. I know Joe Burrow did it, so it's definitely possible, but maybe Kenny Pickett can be the next Joe Burrow. Who knows? I can look stupid again, but Desmond Ritter had a really good 40 time. He also had a really good broad jump and vertical jump. I think people knew that Desmond Ritter was a pretty mobile quarterback, but I think he really kind of showed that off. And he had a very good athletic testing day. Doesn't really show too much, you know, I think personally, but the throwing is what really, you know, you have to take a look at for quarterbacks. And Malik Willis, my guy, Malik Willis is my quarterback one. I love Malik Willis. What he did to help that guy on the street, that shows the character that you're getting with this quarterback. I'm rooting for him. He has the physical tools. He has the, the ability to throw from all different types of arm angles. He's got the arm strength. He's made some crazy throws at Liberty. Scouts and, and executives were, quote, unquote, blown away that he was able to recite a bunch of different plays and stuff. Actually, it's because he had two different play callers in college last season. And Liberty was a bad team. Like, this guy has so much that I like. He's coachable. He's got the physical tools. There's some things he needs to work on, obviously. He's not a finished product. But if he can put it all together, which I do think he can, this guy's going to be an awesome NFL quarterback. And I'm very excited. He had a couple of great deep balls. Uh, Carson Strawn, a guy who was my quarterback six in this class, had a couple of really good throws. Like really like Sam Howell. I still like him a lot. I think people are kind of discrediting him, you know, for the couple of bad seasons he's had for uh, North Carolina, especially last season was his a down year. But, you know, this guy has produced all three seasons in the ACC. I, I really do like him. But 
yeah, you know, watching these quarterbacks throw, they threw some really good balls. Malik Willis, again, I just – I'm i in love with the kid. I, I love him. He's my quarterback one. Curious to see who Noah has. I think Noah has Matt Corral, which, by the way, he didn't throw. He didn't throw. He wasn't invited at the Senior Bowl. I know he's still recovering from his leg injury. He suffered late last season for Ole Miss, but it's not a – a great quarterback class. I know that's what everyone says, but I really like Malik Willis. And I think there could be a couple of guys that could end up providing value for an NFL team. But as I'm recording this, I believe the running backs go today. The offensive linemen go today. I wish Evan Neal was participating in drills. It would have been awesome to see, see him go. Iki Kwanu, he's my number one tackle in this class over Evan Neal. I know it's a little bit of a hot take maybe, but I think they're both very close in talent. And I love Iki Kwanu's physicality. That guy plays with such, I'm going to finish you type of mentality. Like, I love that brand of football. This guy is just, I love him. He's great in the running game. Improving a little bit with technique as a pass blocker, but those are coachable things. And this guy's going to be a great player. I, I And he's a great mover too. This guy's going to be great. Evan Neal, he weighs 337 pounds. And he doesn't even look like he weighs that much. There was a picture that was floating around on Twitter of just what he looks like without a shirt on. And I'm like, there's no way this guy's 337 pounds, but it's probably all in his legs. He's got some big legs. Very excited to watch these guys. Isaiah Spiller, my RB1 in this class. I expect him to run a really good time. I'm curious to see what Reese Hall's time is going to be. Hopefully he doesn't run anything too slow. Very exciting. The NFL Combine. I love this time of the year. I think that's it. You know, I wanted to dedicate this episode to recapping that first day of the Combine. Thank you guys so much for listening to Rough in the Basket this week. I hope you guys enjoyed just listening to me. I love the NFL Combine, the NFL Draft. If it was boring, no worries. But Noah is coming back next week, and we're going to pick things up right where we left off. And make sure you can follow us on Twitter at Rough the Basket. You can follow us on Instagram at Rough in the Basket. You can follow me on Twitter, Brandon Carr, at Carr underscore 13. I will be keeping you guys updated throughout the Combine throughout the NFL offseason and through the drafts, everything. Make sure you guys follow me there. And you can follow Noah on Instagram at nburnt37. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.